0: There are bad people out there wanting to do bad things. Are you paying attention? Hey, this is episode 744 of the Prepper website podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, watching, waiting, and reacting. Paying attention to your environment. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found in the show notes. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top 10 preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top 10 articles from Prepper website sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top 10 are in the show notes. But even if you're not wanting to get the top 10, you should still visit my link and see what I'm doing over there. All right, guys, welcome to another episode. And I really, you know, starting off this one is kind of a a little heart wrenching. I wanted to, I guess the title is, you know, Watching, Waiting, and Reacting. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm seeing a lot of crime reported in my area, but not just in my area, in in other parts of of the country as well. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, we don't need to rehash all the things that have happened in the last week, right? But the one that kind of set this one off here just recently for me was a situation that happened actually actually a a horrific event that happened to some people in Tomball. Tomball is a suburb uh, out of Houston, not too far away from where I'm at. And there was a family that was, I guess they were hunting or they were up in their place, getting their place ready for hunting season. I'm not exactly sure of of all of that, but uh, there was four members of a family that were killed by an escaped convict. So there was a grandfather, an 18-year-old a grandson, a 16-year-old, 11-year-old, and then a cousin of theirs who was 11 years old. And he was killed by an escaped convict that somehow escaped a prison bus and was, you know, found these people and then just and killed them. And it's just a very horrific event uh, when when something like this happens, when, when four people lose their life and then, you know young people lose their life like that. And the thing is, is that there's always craziness in the world. There's always been that, but doesn't it feel like lately it's just been on an increase now to make matters just a little bit worse. You might not be seeing the most up-to-date crime statistics coming from the FBI. I mean, a lot of the times you will hear about you know, crime stats going up or down, and they're reported at different times of the year, and they really look at the the previous year, maybe they'll look at a couple of years past. But recently, I guess the FBI changed the way that they track crimes. And there's a, a Time Magazine article that, uh, that I was kind of pulling up and, and reading. And basically what has happened is the FBI used to use a reporting system called the Uniform Crime Reporting Program. And so they use that to collect data. Different police departments would send information into the FBI and they would gather all this information all at one, you know, in one place and be able to distill it and kind of share what's going on in different parts of the country and all those different kinds of things. But in 2021, the FBI switched to a different system called the National Incident Based Reporting System. And so that's it's really put uh, a hindrance on the type of data that the FBI is getting because this system is a lot more expensive and you can't, in order to, I guess, cross over from the Uniform Crime Reporting Program to this new system, they they say it's an average of $377,000 to upgrade your system. So that's like a one-time cost. And then on top of that, it's $53,000 a year just to maintain this this system. So when you're thinking about that kind of money, $53,000, I mean, I know that that is not the salary of one police officer, but it's kind of getting close. Maybe it's halfway there. Some some of these police departments, first of all, there are in situations and in places where they don't bring in a whole lot of money. And then on top of that, fifty-three thousand dollars gets you halfway to a, a salary of a of another police officer that uh, is on the ground, and so they they might not have the funds to be able to to do that. And so uh, we're, we're going to find that the crime statistics are not going to be as accurate as they have been in the past and so when you hear the news talking about it if you still listen to the mainstream media or you know you the people start quoting FBI statistics they're not really going to get it in fact actually the FBI didn't release statistics because they said they didn't have enough data and so they were like okay we don't we're not getting enough data in so we can't give you any statistics of what things were like the problem is is that we're looking around and we're seeing things that are not right we're seeing crime go up uh, i mean just kind of just think about where you are now a lot of the times people are like i don't want to watch the news i don't want to i don't want to know what's going on i think that is counterproductive to those of us who want to be prepared because we we have to strike this nice balance of Yeah, we don't want to be inundated with all the doom and gloom and completely, you know, be be sitting in a corner, you know, rocking ourselves to sleep every night because the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But at the same time, we want to be aware of what's going on there out there so that we can make good decisions for ourselves and for our family and and so that we don't wind up being hurt or get into some tragedy here uh, like, like what, you know, what happened here in Tomball actually it didn't happen in Tomball it happened in Centerville but the people were from Tomball and so uh, you know that's that's one of those things that we need to to consider and we need to really balance so i wanted to talk a little bit about having you know a good head on our shoulders when it's when we talk about going out there and engaging in public because the world is crazy. I, I think as the economic situation starts to uh, devolve and we're like in this slow limp, you know, downward, right? This slow limp spiral downward where people who were living paycheck to paycheck aren't going to be able to make it. People are finding that it's easier to go out and rob someone than to go out and, and work or, or whatever. Maybe what they were given getting from the government is not enough. Or I mean, w- all the different situations, right. That, that are out there. And so we, all these things are kind of like culminating in, 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 one situation, right. Environment that we're in and we need to be a little bit more careful. So I wanted to talk a little bit, you know, three strategies as we are moving forward in this crazy world that we need to be aware of and just to, to kind of help us with protecting ourselves, protecting our families and being careful out there and, and, and making good decisions. So let's talk about this first strategy here, and that is always look for the baselines. So what do I mean by that? You know, when we talk about a baseline, we look at something that is always the way that it is, right? It's like something that it's our control. If you're looking at us a, a scientific experiment, it's the control, and then you're looking at the experiment as, you know, whatever, whatever you're trying to do. The baseline is what is normal, what is out there, what, what's, you know, what's, you can always kind of depend on. So part of looking for the baseline is knowing your area and how most people respond. People that live out in the suburbs are going to look and live and maybe react a little different than the people that are in the inner city. But, you know, people that are in in the inner city are probably going to act a little bit different and, and respond a little bit different to to life and just things that are going on than people that are out in rural situations. And so you have a good idea of if you if you've been living in your area for a while, if you haven't, if you're new to an area, you know start to get familiar with the people and do a little bit of people watching, but I think it's really important to know how people typically respond and then be able to form opinions based off, based off of that uh, baseline there. So one of the things I want to be careful here is I know that we can just do generalities and people are like, Todd, you're, maybe you're profiling, maybe you're, you know, and some of that is, uh, some of that is does play a part in that, right? I mean, I I would rather profile a little bit and be safe and my family be safe than to, uh, you know, go out there and, 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 and not, But again, let's let's look at, uh, you know, looking for the baseline and let's just kind of throw a couple of things out there. So one of the things would be paying attention to the way people dress. So, you know, I live in a suburb of Houston, Texas. It is stinking hot right now. And so if I saw someone with a trench coat walking around where everyone else is walking around in a sweater, or I'm sorry, in shorts and and t-shirts and things like that. If I saw somebody walking around in in a trench coat, it would set off a little bit of a, hey, look at this person here. There's something wrong. There's something off of this person, right? Now, just wearing a trench coat in in summertime might not be you know the the one thing that's like okay this person is a criminal this person is out to do something you know this person has a a rifle a shotgun underneath their trench coat or anything else like that I, i'm rem- reminded of a guy who uh, when we when i was in high school he always wore a trench coat it didn't matter what was going on i mean it was like it was the thing that he did he thought he was cool right and he was like always had his trench coat on even when it was summertime. Uh, and he would, he would always wear, wear it. So kind of think of the guy from the breakfast club, right. Who, who had the trench coat on. And so, I mean, you know, the cool guy, you know, or the guy who thought he was cool wearing the trench coat all the time. So that in itself might not be enough to say, okay, Hey, this guy's a bad guy. I need to completely go, you know, this other way here and, and get back in my car and, and, and drive away. So that might not be enough to get you to believe that there's something wrong here. But then you start looking for other things, right? So let's just say there's a guy with a trench coat and he's completely out of place and he's looking around very nervously. So now there are things that are starting to add up. There are multiple things that are triggering your spidey senses and saying, okay, there's something wrong here. Uh, you know, this guy is, is looking around very nervously. He is, you know, his his head is going back and forth. His eyes are going back and forth. And I just don't like the way this looks. So when you start to, you know, you have that baseline. You have one thing maybe that's out of place. You kind of recognize that it's out of place. But then when you start adding other things on top of that, then you start to to, to understand, okay, hey, there's something way out of place here that I need to be paying attention to. And again, if you are not aware of your surroundings, if you're not aware of what is going on, if your head is in your cell phone, if you are talking on the phone all the time and you're not paying attention to what is happening out there, then you might miss these signs and you, you know, you might find yourself in a dangerous situation. So I think one of those things is paying attention to the baselines. Let's say you go to a restaurant and, you know, it's a family friendly restaurant. Everyone is having fun. Everyone is, you know, talking and smiling and laughing and eating and all that good stuff. But you see someone over in the corner, a couple over in the corner And it looks like, you know, they're not happy. And then uh, you see a little bit later on, you know, maybe the guy starts yelling and they're starting to have a fight and he starts to get really aggressive. And, you know, who knows what, how that, Uh, you know, devolves, that situation devolves. So again, that might not be a reason why to get up and leave, but that might be a reason to be paying a little bit more attention. Kind of sucks when you're out and you're having dinner and you want to have a nice dinner and you're paying attention to some idiot over, you know, in a corner, possibly wanting to do some, some harm to the person that they're with, or maybe even, you know, it involves, you know, the whole restaurant. I mean, things, things get out of control, but again, look for the baselines, know how things are supposed to happen. And when things are out of place, it begins to trigger how you see things and how you respond. I think that's a big strategy that we all need to be paying attention to. Another strategy, and I know that we've talked about it here before in the past, is understanding normalcy bias. So I want to go over to Wikipedia because I just typed in, you know, in a search engine, definition for normalcy bias and I just wanted to give you this one here and it's really it's a citation from uh, Drebeck's uh, book Human System Response to Disaster and in Inventory of Sociological Findings. He says normalcy bias or normal T bias is a cognitive bias which leads people to disbelieve or minimize threat warnings. So I'm going to read a little bit more here of this uh This first paragraph, just a couple more sentences off of Wikipedia. Consequently, individuals underestimate the likelihood of a disaster when it might affect them and its potential adverse effects. The normalcy bias causes many people to not adequately prepare for natural disasters, market crashes, and calamities caused by human error. About 70% of people reportedly display normalcy bias during a disaster. And so there's a lot of citations here. You can go and you can look at those if you want to read articles or books and, and different things like that. But here's the thing. Our brain is not always active. And I, I know that that is, uh, you know, it's like, what, what what are you saying here? And I guess it's, it's what I mean by that. And I'm not trying to get into brain science. So anybody who is into brain science and, and all that kind of stuff, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to give some basic understanding here. Our brain is not always active. Sometimes it goes on autopilot. So, for instance, have you ever been driving? I know that this has happened to me a couple of times, and it re- it really is kind of scary when you think about it. you know, because you're driving and you are on autopilot, and so you get down the, the road a little bit and you like you come out of this 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 days and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute. I'm I'm Kind of driving, you know? And so it might be the same route that you've always driven before, maybe like going to work, coming home from work, and you're so used to it, like your brain goes on autopilot. That's kind of scary when you realize that because it feels like you haven't been in control. But, you know, sometimes, and that really isn't normalcy bias per se, but it's an example of how our, our brain sometimes is active without being active, right? Sometimes it's on autopilot. Another example of this, and I guess your brain being on autopilot, because I really even haven't touched on disasters and stuff like that here, or, you know, emergency situations. For instance, maybe you, you're you writing something. This happens all the time, especially those that are, you know, people that are writing um, for, you know, websites and, and different, but anyway, it happens to anybody who's writing, You're writing something, you misspell something, or you use a different word or whatever it might be. It might be even correct where like autocorrect is not going to find it. So it might be a, a real word, but it's not the word that you wanted to use there. So when you go over to proof it and you're, and you're reading it, you don't catch it because your brain knows what you wanted to say there. Your brain knows what you wanted to say. You know what you were trying to come, you know, get across and so you might completely go over that, you know, not even catch that. So sometimes it's good to have somebody else, a, a very important document or, you know, whatever post or whatever it might be is read your, your blog post to, to see if there's anything that they catch because they're, they're coming at it from a different point of view. So your brain is telling you what you think you want to see or what you believe that you wrote. And so you don't catch that. So now let's go to like emergency preparedness situations. Sometimes there has been people that they have been in the the middle of gunfire and maybe they didn't react. They didn't duck down or it took them a little bit longer. Maybe people were like, "Hey, get down" and and and, and people were like trying to, you know, push them out of harm's way. And later on, you ask them, and, and they're like, well, I thought it was just like firecrackers. I thought it was like just fireworks that were going off. I didn't realize that it was real gunfire that was happening. Because your brain doesn't want to believe. I mean, we don't live in a situation where we hear gunfire all the time. And so your brain wants to go to something that is you know, that understands, you know, hey, we all have seen fireworks for July 4th. We've all had, you know, kids in the neighborhood pop off fireworks, you know, during in the the neighborhood, you know, during New Year's. And so your brain goes to that, doesn't want to go to gunfire. Sometimes it's the opposite, you know, for us is like we hear out here in the suburbs. I don't know what it is about kids and fireworks. They'll buy, first of all, fireworks are very expensive. So it's like they're spending tons of money on fireworks. I'm like, where are they getting all this money from? But then it's not just like July 4th and New Year's. They're like popping them all the time, you know, it's like, what the heck is going on here? So not too long ago, we heard some fireworks going off and it's like, Okay so everybody kind of stops it's kind of funny like in my house when you hear it is like everyone stops and is paying attention and is like okay that was a firework That wasn't a gun, that wasn't gunfire but i guess you know we kind of think that way because of the preparedness that we that we talk about and then we try to focus on so when we talk about this strategy or this skill you really need to be purposeful and aware of your surroundings right I've already said, put away the cell phone, but you need to be paying attention, you know, looking around at people, looking at them in the eye. There are many times when I am out in public and listen, I've got to tell myself the same thing, you know, like I get email all the time. From work, from the website, from people, and I'm like, okay, let me just check this real quick, you know. And and so some a lot of the times I'll stay in my car or my truck, and I will, you know, read the email and then and then, uh, you know, get out and then go wherever I'm going. But there's sometimes where I've had to, you know, purposely, okay, put the phone away, pay attention to what's going on. And sometimes there have been, you know, guys that uh, that are bigger guys, you know, that they look, you know, a little rougher. And so I'm looking them in the eye, letting them know that I, you know, I see them, I know who they are and, and I, you know, I'm aware of their presence where I'm at. Uh, And so sometimes, and I know this is audio, (laughs) this is audio, so you can't, you can't see me, this isn't video, but sometimes even, you know, you're walking by there and you do the little head, like, uh, you know, the, the, the head nod, like, Hey, how's it going? You know, something along those lines to kind of engage them a little bit, even if you, if you need to. Um, a lot of the times it's nothing. I actually, probably ninety-nine point nine percent of the time it's nothing, right? But at least you you are letting someone know that they are there. Uh, there was a really great video, and I hate that I didn't, uh, I I didn't bookmark it, I didn't save it. But it is a, a video on a woman getting abducted and talking about you know normalcy bias and situational awareness and so they do one scene where she is not paying attention she's on her phone and she gets abducted by this guy who uh you know who sees her and he sees that you know she's an easy target and he's able to push her into a car and then they do the scene again where she is not on her phone that she's paying attention she sees this guy and she gets back into her car locks the door and leaves and so I thought that was a great, great video. It was done really, really well. I wish I would have been able to uh, to keep it. If, if anyone has it, send it to me. I'd love to be able to uh, bookmark it so I have it in the future whenever we're talking about it. There have been times where I have, uh, in, you know, in shopping centers or wherever, whatever, wherever I'm, I'm going, maybe in a parking lot, where someone has been behind me and I can't get a good look at them. And I'm kind of curious and want to make sure that the person behind me, isn't someone wanting to do some bad stuff. I mean, I'm a big guy, right? But still, you know, who, who knows? And so a lot of the times I will like accidentally drop, you know, quote unquote, accidentally drop my keys. And then when I drop my keys. I am able to look back while I am you know looking like I'm going to go down to pick up my my keys right uh, sometimes I have uh, stopped to you know pull over to the side so that I can tie my shoe you know act like I'm tying my shoe or retying my my tennis shoe so that I can pay attention to who's behind me or, or what's going on like that so I mean you're just always looking at people and and you know being, uh, being aware of, of who's around you. You know, sometimes I am I, I might be the big, ugly guy, you know, that's, you know, coming up to maybe a woman or their child. And so in that situation, I try to put people at ease. I try to smile and say, you know, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, how are you? Those different kinds of things, just to kind of put people at ease. Like I'm not this big, mean looking guy that's going to do some kind of harm. So it kind of works a little bit, you know, both ways on that. So I think normalcy bias is one of those things that we need to really truly work through, especially as we are in the times that we are in right now and, and paying attention. Uh, you know, and I know, you know, I've, in the um, the exclusive email group, we had, uh, you know, we met this last uh, Tuesday and it was uh, it was a great meeting. And, you know, different people were saying, hey, you know, we live here, we live there, we live out, you know, very rural. But at the same time, just because you live in a rural situation, you still go into a town, even a small town, could have you know problems. So you still need to make sure that you are are aware of what is going on and what is happening out there. So uh, normalcy bias would be another strategy, another skill that we need to make sure that we we kind of master in this world that we're living in. All right, the third strategy or the third skill, however you want to you know frame these. Is have a plan. You, you don't want to be somewhere and not have a good idea of what you might do in a situation. Now, you can't war game every situation, you can't, uh, you know, you can't have a standard operating procedure for every single situation. But maybe going to the store, you do maybe, you know, if coming out of a parking lot, you have something that you always do, it's an action that you can make. Maybe if you see something that is uh, that is off, you know, you're able to make a 90 degree turn. Now, like that is like all, all of a sudden, you you just know I'm gonna make a 90 degree turn to be able to walk around this situation and kind of observe the situation from a little bit further away. That might be a plan that you have. I know that my wife uh, would always when she is walking out. Now I have. We we have it's probably for the last maybe five years now, we have completely changed. At night, I do not let her go out at night. Uh, by herself. So either one of the boys is going out and all the boys are bigger than me. So it's like, you're going out with your mom and you're, you know, you're going to be there. And it's because of the protection aspect of it. It's because someone's not going to do something to a woman. If there's another guy there, especially a big guy there, or I'm going out there or I go run the errand or whatever needs to be done, or it just waits till the next day. Right. But one of the things that she used to do was uh, she had pepper spray with her on her keychain. She would have it in her hand with her finger on the trigger as she walked from the grocery store or from the store or from the shopping center or whatever it was to her car. And it was up almost like at face level. So you know, you just knew that it was ready to go and ready to disperse at any time. So if anybody wanted to do some harm, they were looking at her and like, okay, this woman has pepper spray ready to go. All she needs to do is press the button down. And so that that is one of the things that she would do on a regular basis. You might not want to have pepper spray. Maybe you're not allowed to have pepper spray in your area. Maybe you could have a whistle. There are some whistles that are really, really super loud. And so maybe it's you have it with you and you have it in your hand. Again, kind of like that pepper spray at face, you know, at, at face level. So you can easily put it into your mouth and start to blow it the minute you think that there's some danger or someone's coming at you, right? And so that's that's one of those things that you can, you can do to have some kind of a plan. Again, I think that, being smart and like, okay, I'm not going to go out after a certain time. I am going to. Hey, the place where I'm going to uh, is really lit up. Uh, you know, during Christmas, uh, you can always. There are some places where you can ask a security guard to walk you to your to your vehicle. I mean, people have been doing that for many, many, many years. Businesses to protect their people and their patrons. Uh, you know, make it a safe place to work um, to to, um, to shop. I mean, and so that's one of those things. Um, have a plan. I mean, if you go you go somewhere, look for exits. If you go to a, a movie theater, right? Um, with all the, the mass shootings that have happened, and I say all, but mass shootings that have happened, and for instance, the one that happened in Colorado in the theater, you know, you might want to sit closer to an exit. You might want to be a little bit more uh, aware of what is going on. And, and, you know, you go to a restaurant, you are aware of, uh, you know, the exits, we were at a restaurant probably about four years ago where there were some some shots and, and and again some gunshots and we're not talking about I mean we're talking about a nice restaurant in a nice area of town and I don't know what 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 happened but and it was a small caliber gun I think it was a 380 but we saw someone at the at the front of the restaurant kind of getting up and like, like leaving, like, like running towards the back. And we're like, what is going on? And we had heard some, some pops, but again, it, you know, there's a lot of noise in a restaurant, all those different kinds of things, it wound up being that someone took shots at the front door. And even one of the, the rounds was, you know, it made it inside the restaurant. And so it kind of fell, it hit the door and kind of, you know, shattered and, and whatever, but it was, it, it found its way in there. And so it's pretty interesting, you know, something like that. But there wasn't a lot of movement. There wasn't people that were, I mean, we saw the guy moving and we're like, okay, you know, let's get up and let's, let's, start going. But even at that, it was kind of hard. Like no one else is moving. No one else is, is responding to this, but there's one, This one guy did, you know? And so, uh, sometimes you're, you're not able to see what is going on, but you're responding to the person uh, that is responding. Right. If that if that kind of makes sense. But anyway, looking for exits and knowing where those exits were, let's say someone comes into the restaurant and they start shooting up the place. You want to be able to know that you go out you know, an exit and not just a, a door that looks, you know, it's been sealed off. You want to be able to, to get to a door that you're able to completely get out and, and get away and stuff like that. So you're always paying attention to what is going on and 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 what is happening and you know where the exits might be uh, when you go to work, maybe when you go to uh you're up in a in a building and you're like okay, where are the exits? When you go to if you're on vacation, you're like okay, I'm I'm in a hotel room but where are the exits, you know? I want to be able to to get out of here. So just taking a little bit of time to familiar yourself with the staircases and the exits and those different kinds of things, I think is always a smart move and allows you to be a little bit better prepared and it allows you to have that plan. If you are curious about crime statistics, now again, um, it really depends on your your police department and where you're at and if they're able to give you uh, the the they're able to send in the, the data. So uh, Harris County uh, where I live is able to send in data to um, the FBI. And so one of the websites that you might want to go to is called cityprotect.com. Again, that's cityprotect.com. And then what uh, what I did is you just kind of find your area, and you just it's a map of the united states and you just can continue to filter down and just press the i'm press i don't know if you hear it but i'm pressing my mouse here i think you are hearing it because i'm clicking it and so what you can see are you know different colors you can see yellow you can see red there are different colors here and when you go to, on the left-hand side, there are different agencies. So different agencies that are reporting, um, you know, some uh, Harris County Sheriff's Office is, is here. But then there is a tab that says incidents. And so when you when you click on incidents, you can continue to filter down and then you see the different things that have, that have happened. So I am looking at one. So I click on one and it is... Um, what is this? So it is breaking and entering, right? Uh, burglary is what it is clicking on another one. And it looks like it's theft. And so it's a little bag with the dollar sign. So like, you know, a thief is, is doing it. Here's one where a house is kind of like, uh, it looks like there's something going through it and it was theft. So maybe that means that it was, you know, proper, a property crime. Okay. But here's the deal. When you go to the filters, When I'm going to the filters, I'm only seeing like three days worth. So you have to change the filter. So go to the, go to the filters and change it for like a month or two months. Because at first when I was looking at this, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't too bad. I mean, things are looking, you know, decent. I mean, you know, I I feel pretty comfortable when I changed the dates and I went like uh, two months out or let's just say you go three months out. I was like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. And then you can also look at uh, registered sex offenders. You can look at that kind of information. You can look at time ranges. So maybe there's a place that you like to go to and you can at a certain time and you can say, okay, I wanna look at uh, if there's any crime reported from this time to this time and you can set that and you can kind of drill down. So I'm thinking maybe some smaller cities and rural areas might not have accurate data. But I think it might be uh, something to uh, to be able to go and check out, give you a better idea of what's going on in your area because there's a lot of crime that is not reported, and you know you just don't don't hear about it. The big things do get reported, but there's a there's a lot that doesn't get reported. So I highly recommend that you go over to cityprotect.com. And, uh, just kind of just check out your area and investigate it a little bit. Just take a little bit of time and, um, I don't know. It might, it might scare you, uh, or it might make you feel a little bit more comfortable. So, uh, there you go. All right, guys. Well, uh, that is it for this episode. Let me end with this. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you will enjoy listening to audiobooks too. I use audible as my app and audio store of choice. If you don't have audible, you can join for free for 30 days. You can enjoy listening to Audible originals, podcasts, sleep tracks, audiobooks. If you are already an Amazon Prime member, you will get two free Audible books to keep, even if you don't keep the membership. So to get more information, you can visit audiopreps.com. I've also listed a few audiobooks there that I have listened to if you need some ideas and some are prepper fiction and some are just books that I've listened to on, on uh, productivity and, and a bunch of good stuff. Uh, so if you are interested there and I might add books as I continue to listen to them and uh, you know, hopefully that will be helpful to you. But again, that is audiopreps.com or click the link in the show notes. Well, guys, that's it for episode 744. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com. Lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.